This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Because the Bible tells us to test it. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. It says this: Do not despise prophecy. We're not despising prophecy. God does use prophets. I just proved that He does. Test all things. That's what you gotta test all things. Not some of it. It could sound spiritual. It may have given you goosebumps. You may be elevated, both of you. You still gotta test it. Hold fast what is good. You've received a prophetic word and you're not sure what to do with it. Everything felt right, but you know that feelings can be deceptive. So what are you going to do? In today's message, Pastor Eddie is going to show you how to test and weigh the words you hear. But I'll give you a hint. It's got everything to do with the written word of God. If you can't find support for that word right in the word of God, it simply doesn't add up. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 as he continues his message, Running the Race. The law was never given for us to complete. It's impossible for us to even... You know, 613 commandments, we know the 10, but it's 613 commands. We, we can't even keep the first one. We can't keep the first one, let alone the other 612. But it was never given to us to complete and to follow. It was given to us to show us how sinful we are and how holy God is. And to show us that the Messiah would come and he would fulfill the law and the prophets. And it is through him that we become righteous, not by completing and fulfilling the law. It is through Christ. And so, that is the reason for the book. Back to our introduction, we saw the who, what, where, when, and why. Now let us look at the outline of the book of Hebrews. Though there are 13 chapters, it's simply divided into two. 13 chapters, only two sections. That's it. So uh, the first section gives us the supremacy of Christ. The first section, the supremacy of Christ, and that begins in chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to chapter 10, verse 18. Now you may say, why isn't it broken up in chapters? Well, the word of God is inspired by God, but not the chapter and verse breaks. But we're grateful. The translators took the time to kind of break it up for us. So can you imagine trying to find a passage in the book of Isaiah? 66 chapters. Oh, yeah, it's in Isaiah. Um, I don't know. In my scroll, it's like 30 feet down. You know, <laughs> you know it's impossible. So we're grateful that they just... So the first section, the supremacy of Christ, and that begins in chapter 1, verse 1, ends at chapter 10, verse 18. The second section... Because as most persecution, the author is trying to let them know that Jesus is above, he's better, he's greater. Now they need to be encouraged in their faith. And so the second section is the elements of faith. The elements of faith. And that begins in chapter 10, verse 19, all the way to the end of the book in chapter 13, verse 25. We're ready? Let's read verse 1 all the way down to verse 3. 
the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes this, God, who at various times and various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has pointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. A lot of stuff in here. These first three verses actually pretty much gives us the whole book. But he's going to expound on that, and I think it's good, so we could get a full understanding of the purpose for the letter. But we're going to see seven things in these three chapters, actually in, mostly in chapter 2 and chapter 3. Say chapter, verse. Mostly, can you imagine? I'm not going to keep you here for three chapters. In verses 2 and 3, the writer of Hebrew is going to give us seven things to support the uniqueness and the supremacy of Christ. Seven things. But let us begin studying the passage verse by verse. He begins with God. We saw that. He didn't want to write his name. Inspired by God, he wrote God. It wasn't written by Apollos. It wasn't written by Luke, Paul, or Clement. It was written by God. And he begins with God just like Genesis, right? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. So he begins his letter, God. He says, God, who at various times, at various times, he's talking about a time that started way back from Adam all the way to even Job around 22 BC or Nehemiah around 400 BC. God in various times throughout history of humanity from Adam all the way to Christ. He says, God who at various times and in various ways. So in various times, God has spoken to man, but he had used different methods of how he communicated to his people, communicated to, to his people or to man. Various methods, and we have proof of that in the scriptures. Those of you probably already know. The Lord spoke to Moses through a burning bush, right? And that's in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. The Lord spoke to Elijah by a still small voice. That's in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12. The Lord spoke to Isaiah in a vision. He used a vision in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1. He also spoke to Isaiah in a heavenly vision. You find that in Isaiah chapter 6 when he said, I see the Lord sitting on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. So he spoke through a bush. He spoke through a voice, vision, and even dreams. Joseph had a dream. Samuel had a dream. Okay, God in various times and in various ways spoke to man. He spoke to his people. So he says, verse 1, God who at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the Father by the prophets. The fathers, he's speaking of our spiritual ancestors. We have, spirit, we have a spiritual connection because of Abraham. Now you may say, wait a minute, I'm not a Hebrew, I'm not a Jew. No, you used to have a... Spiritual connection, because Paul gives us the commentary on that. He became, the, the Lord said, the Lord gave him a commandment, I'll multiply your descendants like the stars of the sky, and through your seed, singular. He said, I will make your father of many nations, plural, not just a nation, 
the Israelites or the Arabs through Ishmael, but also to those of faith. He's the father of faith. And we are of faith, so we call him Father Abraham. I don't know if you've ever been to Sunday school. You ever sang that song, Father Abraham? Who may, I'm, just raise your hand. Don't be shy. Okay, there you go, Father. We, since many of you haven't, we're probably going to do that one day. <laughs> it's part of motion, by the way. <laughs> anyway, speaking about our spiritual ancestors along with physical, hey, we can trace your genealogy all the way to Adam, <laughs> right? If you didn't come from Adam, you're not from this planet. Okay, we all came from Adam. So when we spoke of the father, he's talking about spiritual ancestors. Obviously, you, we see that Abraham, Isaac, you know, Jacob. And God spoke to the, to the fathers by, by the prophets. The prophets. So the prophets spoke for God. A prophet is one who speaks to men for God. Whereas a priest, we're going to see the priest mentioned a lot in the book of Hebrews. The priest is one who speaks to God for man. Okay? A priest takes man's problems to God. A prophet takes God's message to man. So the fathers were spoken by the prophets. Now this is important. This is important. For us to know and understand in this area of prophets and prophecy. Because that is used so loosely. And, and almost everybody feels they have the gift of prophecy. Well, you need to understand what kind of prophecy or what kind of prophet that person is. Because the Old Testament, the Lord used prophets. The, the scriptures weren't written. So the Lord has spoke through prophets. Now the prophets in the Old Testament were foretelling. They foretold things that would be revealed that man wasn't aware of. They foretold, they foretelling. That's what the prophets did in the old. Now, prophets today, or let's, let's go back to the early church. The prophets in those days also spoke on behalf of the Lord. But they weren't foretelling, they were forthtelling. There's a difference. They were speaking things that already were written in the scriptures. A prophet cannot tell you anything outside the scriptures. Nothing. They can't tell you, oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. Well, you know, okay, I'm not a no, it's no brainer. It says in the Revelation, or if it's not in the book of Revelation, or in the end time, then you're a false prophet. And people like to use prophecy so loosely. That's why there's a lot of warning about false prophets. There's many warnings. Is it a gift used today? Well, I can tell you this. Yes. But they have to prophesy what's in the scriptures. They can't tell you anything outside the scripture. That's a come you need to know for sure. When someone says, thus saith the Lord, and many, you know, I have to share with you, not in my notes, but I have to share with you, the only one time I came across a true prophet and it came true. It was true. And it's dangerous because if you're not a, true prophet in the Old Testament you were stoned to death you were killed you know you were killed you were slaughtered and people like to speak oh if you speak on behalf of God well listen if you have the Bible you know to be honest the prophets are really not needed the prophets in the Old Testament did what they had to do because they were 
foretelling, foretelling. They weren't telling anything. They, they, there was no scripture. In my life, I only one time, I had a prophetess, actually. And what I love what she said, you know what her words were? She didn't start speaking in tongues and going crazy. She didn't say, oh, wait a minute, I'm in a trance now, wait a minute. No. If somebody does that, just before they open their eyes, they should see, they should see you gone. Okay? People like to spiritualize things. They like to work your emotions. And that's how people get caught up. There's nothing wrong with emotion, but there's a problem with emotionalism. If anybody, well, let me go back to what I was going to say. When I went to Israel the first time, now I was baptized when I was 13. But when I went to Israel, I realized what baptism really meant. I did it because I was told I had to do it. Didn't understand what baptism was. Then later on, I said, no, I know the Lord. I'm growing in my faith. I'm studying the Word, understanding doctrine, understand the real meaning of baptism. When I got to Israel, I said, yeah, I'm going to get baptized because they're going to have a baptism. I want to get baptized there. It doesn't mean that it's more holy, by the way. You could be baptized in, in the Hudson River. It, it, as long as you're baptized, you get emerged. That's the point. You're identifying with Jesus Christ. Okay? I went to Israel, and after we got baptized, there was this woman. She was a Messianic woman. She believed in Yeshua, the Messiah. She was a Jew. She was from Israel, born and raised. And she heard that there were a police officer and firefighters who served at Ground Zero 9-11. And, you know, we were sponsored. They, they paid for us to go to Israel as a trip. And so she came. And, you know, she shared something with me. And you know what she shared? She didn't say... She didn't say, thus saith the Lord. She didn't say like that. She didn't even say, hamana, hamana, whatever. All she did was this. She told me these words. Read Psalms chapter 20, verse 4. That was it. That was prophetic. Because, see, the Lord knew what I was going through before I went to Israel. I had kind of put a rest in the ministries I was in. And I was seeking the Lord's direction. And then what happened was, I had these desires. I had these interests. And I had these ideas for God. And I said, Lord, I want to do this. And then I realized, I needed to die to my I needed to die to my, my desires. Yes, everything I want was good. It was for the Lord. But I said, Lord, I'm going to die to my desire. I'm going to die to it. I want to now sur- surrender myself to your will. If you send me to Africa, I'll go to Africa. Really, that was my prayer. Because I had all these plans. She told me that. I said, okay, I read it. Time's passed. I'm home now. And then all of a sudden... And I wrote it. Actually, I have it dated here in my Bible. Okay? That happened on May the 13th, 2005. She said, read Psalms 20, verse 4. Just like that, with authority. She was a prophetess. I said, okay, great. And she was ministering to other people. The Lord used her. Her husband was with her, by the way. Anyway, time passed. I'm now pastoring a church in Harlem, East Harlem. And, and in order for us, for me to be affiliated with Calvary Chapel, I had to fill out 1,001, you know, theological questions, you know, uh, just to make sure I don't have the church buy special underwear, you know, just to make sure that I understand 
the doctrine. I understand the virgin birth, Christ, the resurrection. I had to explain uh, the Calvinistic views, the five points of Calvinism, explain it, what I agree or disagree, all that stuff. Then the Lord was doing the work. And then I get a letter, email. You have been accepted and affiliated to Calvary Chapel. I said, praise the Lord. And then it hit me, this verse. But you know how I knew it was of the Lord? Because it was the verse I needed to hear. She didn't say anything outrageous. She used the Bible. But here, I have written May 13th, 2005. I received that letter in May 13th, 2009. The same day. She didn't say, oh, you're going to be blessed. You know, people are going to want you. People are going to give you money. Prosperity stuff. No. All she did was give me a verse. And I'm going to tell you, that's the only time. So my point is about prophecy, prophets. There are not many prophets. You know, well, there are a lot of false prophets, that is. Because Jesus gives gives us warning about that. Even Paul, false prophets, because everybody wants to be a prophet. Everybody wants to be the voice of God. You want to be the voice of God, learn your Bible and teach the Bible. Because if somebody prophesied to me, how am I going to prove what they're saying? The Bible, right? If they say something is not in the Bible, false prophet. Very simple. Very simple. As a matter of fact, when somebody prophesied to you, make sure you test it because the Bible tells us to test it. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, it says this, Do not despise prophecy. We're not despising prophecy. God does use prophets. I just proved that he does. Test all things. That's what you got to test all things. Not some of it. It could sound spiritual. It may have given you goosebumps. You maybe were elevated, both of you. You still got to test it. Hold fast what is good. First John chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe every spirit. That's the first thing. But test the spirits, whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets had gone out into the world. False prophets. There are more warnings about false prophets in the New Testament about prophets. There are many false prophets that started 2,000 years ago, and Jesus even gave us the warning. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, Jesus said, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Okay? So now that we got this prophecy together, it's important for us to understand. We're going to find more of that as we study. But the prophecy that was prophesied to the fathers, okay, was to reveal something God's going to do that they didn't have the scriptures for. So it revealed what God was going to do. So God at various times, verse 1, and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. And if we consider all that, various times, various ways, prophets, all the, all the, 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 the founding fathers, all these prophecies that were given in the Old Testament are good. They're there. We study. We believe it's sacred. It is of God. However, that was only a little bit of what God really wanted to do. It wasn't sufficient. It wasn't complete. Because the prophecy had to be fulfilled through who? Jesus Christ. The prophecy foretold of the Messiah. The prophecy foretold that he would be born of a virgin. He would be coming from Bethlehem. He would be betrayed. He would be pierced, his hands and feet, Psalm 22. So you see, those prophecies point to the one, Jesus Christ. 
And so it set the foundation, set the stage, if you will, to the one who is the ultimate revelation of God in any prophecy or in the word, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? I hope I didn't lose you on that. Okay, uh, verse, let's, let's read, let's go to verse 2, but let's read verse 1 into verse 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophet, verse 2, here's the important thing, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. In these last days has spoken to us by his son. Now, Important for you, you, for those of you who have been with us when we study 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and we talked about the last days, right? The last days, we know the last days began at the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, fulfilling the prophecy of Joel chapter 2. Okay, the last day I will pour my spirit among all flesh, that's when the birth of the church, the last day began at the birth of the church, some 2,000 years ago, we're still in the last days. Because it's completed when the rapture takes place, when we're caught up to be with Christ. So a lot of people put emphasis, oh, we're in the last days. Uh, we've been in the last days. Before you were born. Before your great, great were born. Last days began at the day of Pentecost. And it would end when the rapture of the church, you see. However, that's not what the writer of Hebrew is mentioning when he says these last days. Because here's the difference in the word. These last days. Not the last day. You understand? The last day, speaking of the last days that began at the day of Pentecost to the rapture. But the word these here makes a difference. And Jews knew, understood this. That's why it's a Hebrew writing to Hebrews. These last days is speaking of the coming of the Messiah. That day that we celebrate Palm Sunday when Christ triumphantly entered into Jerusalem. Where he where fulfills the prophecy, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's pointing to that specific day. Can we use that today? Yes. God has made every day. We should rejoice and be glad in it. But it's a prophecy that was fulfilled during the triumphant entry when Jesus came into Jerusalem. That is the day the prophets were talking about, about this is the day the Lord has made. Okay? Jesus came and it points to these last days. Let me give you a verse. Jeremiah. Jeremiah spoke on this. Jeremiah chapter 33 verses 15 to 16. He writes, In those days, not thee, in those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. Speaking about Christ coming through the lineage of David. He is coming, the branch, he's the branch. He, capital E, H, shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Friends, we're so glad you decided to join us today here on Running the Race. Pastor Eddie has been taking us through the book of Hebrews in a series titled, Jesus is Better. Within its pages, you hear about great people of faith. Do you feel like you could live a life like these great people of faith? You realize they weren't perfect, right? Our hope is that these messages are empowering you to see and believe that you can be a person of great faith too. One way to grow in your faith and understanding of God is by joining up with others who love and serve God. Here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. 
We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of Hebrews. For today, our time has come to a close, but we'll be back again next time and hope you will too. Come back to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of Hebrews, here on Running the Race. 